Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Auto Central, South Africa's number one motoring podcast. My name is George Mini, and as usual, joined by none other than Wendy Sishi. How's it, Wendy? In the house, in the house. Uh, not too bad. I just got my second jab. You, you asked the other week. So, yeah, I'm fully vaccinated now. Um, so, is it my know. imagination or is the vaccine giving you an American accent? Um, that's just my voice. I think that's, that's how I've always spoken. I've heard the word asked. Asked. That's, uh, yeah. Asked, which is a southerner <laughs> accent. Um, <laughs> I don't know, this vaccine's doing weird things. <laughs> no, that's just me. That's just me still. Okay, okay. All right. Well, I'm glad and, uh, it's really nice to be back in the studio, but this is our makeshift studio because our other one is, uh, having some work done to it. Yeah, some um, co- cosmetic work. Some cosmetic work <laughs> done to it. And then, uh, we'll be back there shortly. Hopefully, uh, ho- hopefully the next show. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I know there's in the next coming shows, there's a few interesting things I'll be doing. So, yeah, stay tuned. I don't know about these. That that sounds exciting. It's a surprise. I can't wait. Uh, All right. Well, this show, uh, we're coining the parts episode. And um, um, w- one of the most frequently requested or frequently asked questions um, that we get is around car parts. Yeah. Many people ask yeah. us. You know, do you sell car parts? Where can I find car parts? Can I go and search for car parts? And, you know, the, the, the short answer is no, Autotrader doesn't sell or make available for sale car yeah. parts on the platform. Um, but we do get the, the question every so often. And uh, t- so today we're going to try and answer some questions around the pricing of car parts, especially relative to, um, to the top uh, or should I say the different segments of vehicles in the country. And then next we'll be joined by none other than our expert journalist Chad Lakoff to unpack or review the 2021 Volvo XC40. I love yeah. Volvo. Uh, XC, I mean, this was, this was car of the year at one point, not XC40, the XC90. Yes. Yeah. XC90 was, was car of the year, which is, uh, which is nice. Um, um, and then I think it was beaten by the Jaguar I-Pace. Yeah. Or should yeah, I say, so. no, not beaten. Beaten's the wrong word. It was the next, the next the round. Next, yeah, the next year. The uh, Jaguar I-Pace won. And yeah. then lastly, we'll be answering some of your uh, motoring-related questions from our Ask Order Trader platform. So, the parts episode, Wendy. Which cars carry the most expensive parts? But let me first ask you, do you fix your own car? I do not fix my own car. Um, and I have a love-hate relationship with the idea of, of repairing my car. Uh-huh. I recently just changed my brakes like yesterday even. How often do you open your bonnet? Um, only when I see smoke and I just open <laughs> it and I go, oh, there's an engine. And then How I many close times it have you seen smoke? <laughs> um, just once, once or twice. Okay. Once or twice, yeah. But it was my fault. It was my fault that okay. time. No, okay. I wouldn't say what happened, uh-huh. but, <laughs> but it was a driver error. Just a driver era. Okay. What about you? I know you, you have an EV, so parts, I'm, I'm assuming, is not something that you worry about anymore. No, as not as much, no. But, I mean, I haven't worried about car parts for uh, for a long time because I've, you know, fortunately driven cars that uh, yeah. have had warranties and service plans. But uh, when I was much younger… You could fix your own car, I believe. Well, th- I'll tell you the backstory. Yeah. Okay. Very quickly, before we get into the, the show itself, I'll tell you the backstory. Um uh, I, I mean, people my age, I mean, my mid to late forties. Okay. People my age, um, when they were 16. Yeah. Okay. Had, uh, what we called popcorn machines. What's a popcorn machine? 
You don't know what a popcorn. Well, I know what a, like anybody a that popcorn. had a popcorn machine, please mention in the comments which popcorn machine you had. <laughs> Is it uh, like a literal popcorn? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. This is not the No, it's not a popcorn machine. <laughs> it was a motorcycle. Okay. Okay. But it was a 50cc motorcycle. So back in those years, um, if you were 16, you could get a motorcycle license for, um, for a motorcycle up to, I think it was 80ccs. Okay. And, uh, manufacturers brought in 50cc motorcycles, which literally were underpowered. Yeah. Uh, we used to go to school with them. Mm. And, um, and my parents scraped together some money to buy me an MBX 50. Anybody that is of my era will remember the MBX 50. You either rode an MBX 50 or a YZ 50. And these are the 50cc popcorn machines. They were called popcorn machines because they were like, no power, yeah. it was like a mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> it was no, literally you had to like hide behind the fairing yeah. in order to, to slipstream a little, to bit. A little <laughs> bit to, to get to, I think, I think my, like I got, like maximum was like, 80, 100 k's an hour yeah. at the most. Um, yeah, that's still fast though. It was quick on a, on, a, on a little motorbike like that. But anyway, um, so, so, so that was my first experience with having to fix mechanical things, okay. right? Because my 50cc broke. A lot, I'm assuming. No, no, it didn't break a lot, but it, <laughs> it broke once. Okay? okay. And I couldn't understand what was wrong. So I took the entire bike apart. Yeah. Pistons, Conrads, I took the whole thing apart. Did you know what you were doing then or you were just kind of trial and error? I was, I was reading and, and okay. I, was, I was figuring it out as yeah. I went along. Yeah. Took the whole thing apart. Um, and um, figured out that my rings had broken. Okay. Okay. So pistons got rings around it yeah. that yeah. seal into the cylinder and so that when the sure piston moves no, up and down, yeah. oil doesn't come from come the crankshaft down. and uh, uh, the fuel doesn't go through the, through the top. Okay. So I took the whole thing apart and I figured out the rings were broken. There was a big scratch on the ball. Mm. Uh, um, of the of the uh, engine, and I mean it's a single piston fifty cc engine. So uh, um, so I took the block out, and then um, I was I was a little bit excited because what people were doing was, um, you you sent this little block away and you had it re sleeved, okay? okay. But what you could do was you could turn it into an eighty cc motorcycle. By adding a turbo and some no 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 <laughs> by, by by literally making the 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 ball wider and putting okay. a bigger piston in okay okay so you can turn it into an eighty cc yeah. so I was like yes I'm gonna be having eight I'm gonna have the fastest Honda <laughs> in the stable at yeah. school because yeah. you we couldn't beat the YZR fifties. Those were eighty cc's, I'm assuming. No, no, they were fifty cc's, but they were quick. Okay, they were yeah. quicker than the than the than the Honda MBXs. And I had a Honda MBX, but I thought the Honda MBX was, looked nicer. It's got it had full fairing, yeah. and it it just it just looked sexier. But if you get it to eighty cc's, then I you could get it eighty cc's. I could take on the wires. Why is it our fifties exactly? <laughs> so anyway, anyway, so I sent this thing away, brought it back, got the new piston, new rings, yeah. and I put it back together, and it freaking worked. And were you faster than everybody else? In uh, Kept up and was able to pass the YZ on 50s. Not like bl blisteringly fast, but like you'd like go full taps at 70 k's an hour and you get. <laughs> and you're just there now, yeah. <laughs> you can imagine. So that was like your a, first like experience. A Mr., like a Mr. Bean experience. Anyway, so that was my, that was my start. And then, uh, and then very quickly, I, um, um, one of my first cars was a, um, a Passat. Mm. Old Passat. Volkswagen. VW Passat, yeah. yeah. And I bought this car from somebody who didn't tell me that the thing was buggered. Mm. 
And when I turned corners, the uh, the oil would go into the intake uh, air filter mm. and then spill into the carburetor, and I would have this plume of white smoke coming up the back. In the days of carburetors. <laughs> In the days of carburetors. <laughs> and also, uh, um, also what would happen uh, um you know, the, the car would like want to die because the oil was spilling into the carburetor. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, so then I decided because now I'd like a little bit of experience with my little 50cc, I'm taking this engine apart. I took the entire engine apart in my dad's garage. Jeez, I mean, that's uh, that's a lot more parts than, you know, the Yamaha. That's had. where I learned yeah. about what cars are about. So mm. I took the engine apart, took it apart and uh, and um, and then, I mean, I'm, I'm going to end the story so we can get to the show, but uh, um um, one of the rings again were broken. Mm. So just some experience this time. I had you some experience. Into, into this time I didn't re-sleeve because it's a four cylinder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like it's going to be expensive. Yeah. So I got what was called a honing tool. Is this legal? Should we? Are we allowed yes, to talk it's legal. About it? <laughs> Absolutely legal. I got a honing tool, which if you look at a honing tool, you put yeah. it on the end of a drill, right? Yeah. And you've got three what what was like 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 stones. Yeah. Okay. But the stones were like sandpaper. And, but they, they were, they were very, very fine. So you imagine very fine sandpaper. Yeah. Okay. But these three stones and they had springs on them. So the three uh, on the honing tool, the three things came out. Okay. Okay. You put it inside the cylinder. Now there's a scratch on the side of the cylinder where the ring is broken and it scratched the side and it has to seal with the rings. So what you do? Just sand. So all you do is it, it goes very lightly into the cylinder. Yeah. And you push the drill and it spins. Okay. And you, and you, and you hone the inside of the sleeve. And uh, it smooths out that scratch. So, so it's kind of level throughout. So it's, yeah. so it's smooth around. And then new set of rings, put the rings in, put the pistons back. And it worked? It worked. It worked. <laughs> I sold the car straight away. Sold the car. Got a, is, got is a, got a, got a golf. <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was, that was my golf. Anyway, let's get to the show because I think this is it's probably boring for everyone. Um, um, so uh, uh, warranties and service plans obviously expire. I mean, in those years, it that, happens like, all the time. Even that, that car that I bought had no warranty or service plan. I yeah. do everything myself. And car parts can be pricey if yeah. uh, if you're outside of a warranty. And uh, you know, sadly, um, motoring journalist Malcolm Kinsey uh, passed away earlier this year. And um, you know, our condolences to. To, to his family, but but he kept motorists informed about parts prices in the annual Kinsey report. Yeah, I remember that. Yes, mm-hmm. but in his absence, fortunately, the AA has decided to take on this uh, this challenge, and uh, um, and so uh, so the. the Eleven different vehicle categories have been ranked from entry level to family SUVs uh, and even electric cars, and uh, uh, and so some of the uh, the results. We're going to go through some of the results. Let's let's start with entry level. Yeah. Um, um, in this category, the Datsun Go um, has emerged as the elect- electric. Datsun Go is not an electric vehicle. Come on, as the vehicle with the cheapest parts basket, seventy four thousand rand. So. I think it's important to understand what's entry level. So this is the Datsun Go, Hyundai Etos, the Picanto, the Quid, Suzuki Swift, entry and level. the iGo. This is yes. very entry level cars. 100%. Um, very entry level cars. 74,000 Rand for the parts basket. Yeah. Okay. So basket of parts. Doesn't mean that it's going to, all those parts are going to break on the car, but it's, just if it's you really just get everything replaced. If you had to get everything replaced in yeah. the parts basket. Uh, and, and, and I think, I mean, that's a fairly good price. I mean, well, I mean, I don't know, but uh, depends on what breaks, I suppose. But forty percent—it's—it's forty it's percent of the list price of the car. I don't yeah. know if that's relevant. You know why not? Because I think you could almost de- de- look. Two car parts are not going to be the same from vehicle to vehicle. Some might be better. 
um, and others worse in terms of the performance of them. So fair, you can't really measure those two together. But if you in the market for air filter versus air filter, you can't do that. Why? <clears throat> if it's two different air filters, I think there's, there's different quality, different brands, yes, yeah, and yeah. quality of those brands. But um, isn't this basket be. based on parts from the manufacturer? I would assume so. I would assume so too. Yeah, but if it's different manufacturers who give of different quality, I think that's where you can't really measure. But if you're in the market for that, I think the listing price or the percentage of the listing price should be okay. Okay. All right. A relative well, fair uh, thing to you. I'll, I'll take that one. Um, uh, but 74,000 Rand is the total parts basket price here and 40% of the list price. And, uh, yeah. um, and then, and then very closely swa- uh, swallowed, followed <laughs> by the Suzuki's, <laughs> the Suzuki Swift and then the Renault Quid at 43% of the value of a car versus 46% of the value of a car. Mm. The most expensive pass Parts basket belonged to the Kia Picanto at 107,000 Rand, over 50% of the price of the car. Mm. So it seems like parts would be around 50% when it comes to entry level cars um, versus the total listing price of the vehicle. Yes, yes. So, uh, uh, so that was, that was uh, uh, parts and then maintenance. So, so there's maintenance parts, which is air filter, oil yeah. filter, those kinds of parts. The Toyota Agya. I don't know where the Aiga ate, yeah. Um, the Toyota Aiga was actually the cheapest at 10,800 Rand, f- 6% of the list price of the car. And then, uh, the Kia, um, again, uh, came in as the most expensive at 10%, 19,000 Rand. Almost mm. double the Toyota. I'm impressed with this little Toyota Aiga, hey? In terms of its price, it's a Toyota. I agree. Uh, it's I probably it's, really reliable. I, I mean, I think it's 165,000 Rand or 185,000 Rand. Just new. about, yeah. yeah. So I think what we, what we can do to find out is see, you know, how the car's reviewed. Um, I'm sure we have a list of. Yeah. Go and have a look. See. How, see. Yeah. <clears throat> and then from entry-level vehicles to budget vehicles, the Ford Figo 1.5 Titanium wins the category at 53,000 Rand for parts, 20% of the purchase price. <sighs> okay, that's a lot better. Um you know, it's not necessarily almost half the price now. Yeah, but this is where this is where I don't know if this twenty percent is relevant because the price of the car goes up. Yeah, but the price of the parts, the parts. shouldn't go up relative. Exactly. Um, that's what we're seeing here. It should actually come down. Yes, it's twenty one percent. So, so that's uh, kind of your arguments of why you shouldn't use that as a base. I don't know. I don't know if it's relevant. And yeah. I mean, it might have. It, it's it's obviously got a place. This uh, uh, this was significantly cheaper than uh, than other contenders, which included the VW Polo at thirty one percent of list price and the Suzuki Vitara Brezza at forty percent of list price. Um. So uh, so budget vehicles. Um. You know, it looks like besides the Figo, you're also looking at 40 percent. Forty percent. Yeah. yeah. In terms of budget vehicles, a compact family cars. Mazda CX three is the is the car we're talking about here. Um, what do you think it came in at? In terms of percentage or in terms of total price? Both. Percentage, just by following the trend, I'd say around if it's cheapest, I'd say thirty five percent. Thirty three, almost price. slot on the button. Yes, thirty three percent, one hundred thirty one thousand rand for the parts basket. Yeah, uh, and then uh, the Haval at thirty five percent, and the Hyundai Venue at thirty seven percent of uh, of the price of the car. In your um, opinion, what would this sort of tell you as as a motor, as somebody who's looking for a car? Would this just give you an idea of? Where to expect to pay when you have to replace your parts? Yeah, so um, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, this is the entire parts basket, right? Mm-hmm. Not, th- those things aren't going to break. Yeah, um, all at once, at least. All at once, at least. Yeah. But, but maybe if you factor that in over the lifetime of the car, mm. could be a, you, you're always going to come in under under this number. 
because not everything's going to break. Agreed. You know, um, the service parts, different story. So, you know, we looked at the service parts of the, uh, or should I say maintenance parts of the, of the Figo, which was, um, 8,700 Rand. Mm. Um, so the, the maintenance parts definitely factor in. So, so this report is really good in terms of a specifically maintenance because you're going to have to service that car at least, I think, once a year. Yeah. I think long-term uh, ownership, this is where this kind of helps in terms yes, of what should be. Yes. What so should this be report's really good, for, I mean, for that perspective. Agreed. I, I do, I like, what worries me is increasing price of the car, increasing parts basket price. And, but we're seeing here that that's not the case. No, in, in the top cars, yes. yes. But in the second, third, fourth level cars we're still getting to 40 percent yes yes uh, but know. i mean that that kind of tells you just how you know you think with a with any car they're going to add a, a, a huge premium to the vehicle which is not the case with entry level they actually are or well, the oems at least are trying to yes meet you halfway exactly um, which makes sense which makes absolute sense family suv honda crv i love this car actually it's honda crv never um, been a fan never, never. Been a, i never. loved honda and i think it's because i drove the honda ballard, ballard yeah the 160e at yeah. one point i remember you saying never opened up the engine ever <laughs> That was, that, I think it was, I think it was on that because I never opened because it just, it always worked or never opened because it always worked. Okay. And I think from then on, I never touched an engine again. Okay. Um, because, uh, uh, my VW Passat yeah. opened that engine fully. Yeah. Um, my, I had a BMW Shadowline. Always opened the engine. No, no, no. <laughs> Pulled the gearbox out of that thing myself. <laughs> okay. It was on stilts, literally on stilts. Yeah. And how did I you was, do that? Did you like, I need the car? I need the car. Yeah. I had to get my dad to help me. Um, mm. and, uh, you know, we had to have it like, you know, remember one of the, those, those like trolley jacks, jacks? Yeah. Yeah. trolley jacks, not yeah. the, not the uh, trolley jacks and, uh, uh, like a board yeah. because the, you can't, you can't lower that gearbox. Yeah, no. It's too heavy. And also the things around it. Take so the prop shaft off. Take the, you had to take the. Why did you have to take the, gear, the gearbox out? Out curiosity. Uh, the, the one gear was grinding and I okay. didn't know what was wrong and, uh, and it wouldn't, it eventually it wouldn't go into second or something. Um, anyway, we, we, we digress. Executive SUV Alfa Romeo Stelvio seems to be the, uh, Stelvio, sorry, seems to be the cheapest at 179,000 Rand for the parts basket, 21% of retail price. That actually surprised me a little bit. Um, I know Alfa has a history of parts being kind of expensive. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that that's not the case anymore. Um, they've definitely turned well, down that uh, conversation. Yeah, I mean, it used to be a case of you'd replace the parts a number of times, so it could be expensive even if it was cheap. Yeah. But to um, be fair, everything in this kind of bracket are super, super premium cars anyway. So yeah. you'd expect some sort of, you know. Well, the Hyundai Santa Fe at 40% of list price is now where we get back up to the 40%, 40% range. Sure. You know, the E-Pace at 30% um, and then Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes-Benz, I don't think has ever been expensive for parts. For parts. I used to drive a C-Class mm. and uh, I found their parts prices actually very good. Relative to? Relative to other cars I've driven, BMW was expensive. Okay. Um, uh, you know, VW was not expensive. Yeah, the Passat was expensive, um, but my Golf wasn't. So, um, so luxury SUV, Land Rover Defender. I'm a fan of these cars, like with all my heart. He's not. <laughs> the However, the this, past weekend, this past weekend I was in the Kruger and uh, we had we were going with the Land Rover Defender, and it broke down. Oh. <laughs> Don't tell my friends that. <laughs> yeah, no, I just thought about Martin the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, so uh, parts basket for the Defender is three hundred thirty-six thousand rand. That's an entire car uh, for, at twenty-three percent of purchase price. Um, and then again, you get up to almost the forties with the Mercedes-Benz GLE three hundred at thirty-five percent. Then we got the Adventure four by fours, which uh, wins the category at the, with the Ford Everest two-liter bi-turbo at one hundred seventeen thousand rand and fifteen percent of list price. That's Very surprised there with a turbocharged up. car. Yeah, that's really really impressive. Yeah. Then uh, is the uh, next up is the Toyota Fortuna, sixteen percent uh, parts basket versus list price. And, uh, and do you think um, supply has a huge um, sort of impact on these on these pricings? Uh, I think I think volume of sales of the vehicles probably okay. impact. So you know you can see Toyota Fortuna, high yeah. high volume seller, sixteen percent of list price. Okay, um, uh, Isuzu Bucky, look at look at the Jeep Cherokee. Not high volume sales, forty two percent of list price. Makes sense. So uh, there there could be something in that. Mm. There could be something in that. And then uh, uh, single cab, uh, uh, single cab buckies. I Suzu D Max comes in at the cheapest at twenty two percent, seventy nine thousand rand past basket. I thought it was. I thought it would be more. Me too. Me too. But these are buckies. You would assume that they, as a whole, a bit lower. cost effective, especially yeah. single cabs. I suppose. Mm. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting to to note that this is. Kind of, if you're going to be buying a car, you must factor in, in a worst case scenario, that you'd be paying 40% if you had to go and replace everything. If you had to replace all the parts, yes. Um, and that's just given it's, you know, the car's not like a write off or anything like that. Mm. Um, no, that's not some serious like fenders and yeah. like, bonnets and, yeah. and stuff. So I think it's, you know, it's something to definitely note and something that you should go and, and look into. Well, um, um, I had to replace my windscreen on my Jaguar I Pace not long after I got the car. Yeah. And I'm sure that was like an arm and a leg. 30,000 Rand windscreen. Yeah. I was so thankful for insurance. Was that like 2%? <laughs> um, like that, and, and, and it's, and you know, my windscreen, RFID yeah. tags won't work through my windscreen. What do you mean? Like, like an e-toll tag or like, like what, why would you? I haven't tried the e-toll tag uh, through the windscreen, okay. but, uh, uh, but my, you know, so, so when you, when you want to get into, uh, complexes and stuff, okay. uh, sometimes you've got RFID tags yeah. stuck to the window yeah. and it won't work through that windscreen. Mm. Um, anyway, we're out of time, squarely out of time. So let's get uh, uh, our expert journalist, Chad Lakoff, into the show virtually to review the 2021 Volvo XC40. Um, is it as good as the original? I hope so. Chad Lakoff on screen and uh, our expert journalist um, who um, – you know, where did we find Chad years ago? I have no idea. Yeah, you weren't here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you. Chad found us. Tell us the story, <laughs> Chad. How did how did how did you end up at Auto Trader? Like, where were you before? Um, I was uh, I was with a uh, aftermarket performance magazine. Oh, yes, I, I, remember, I remember. I was there for several years in that, and uh, when my position was made redundant, then I came knocking on the doors. Yes, I remember. Chad found us, but uh, we were suitably inf- impressed. Uh, we were glad Chad found ah, us, as a matter of fact. I think it was just um, the, the timing was just spot on. I needed something, and we were ramping up with our our content strategy and our yes. video production strategy. And I think it was just the timing time. was just spot on. Yeah. I, I would I would argue that Chad is one of South Africa's top hands top, down. Video, no video journalists, uh, uh, car video journalists. Um, I would, I would argue. So, oh, you guys are too kind. <laughs> yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't get the, the, the screen's only so wide. Eh? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> okay, so we're not here to talk about Chad's history. We're here to talk about the Volvo uh, 2021 Volvo XC40. Now, I love Volvo, and uh, and one of the things that have uh, that has impressed me about Volvo is their um, driver assistance. Um, stuff, yeah, for lack of a better yeah. word. Um, you know, that's the thing that impresses me about the Volvo the most because I think they were, correct me if I'm wrong, Chad, I think they were kind of one of the first to really use many, many driver assistance pieces of uh, technology, software, hardware, etc. cetera. Um, amongst the first, yes. Um, the, I mean, Volvo as a whole has been pioneers. Um, we know that for them for pioneering the, uh, three-point retractable seat belt and of course they they did that without putting a patent on it so that everybody else in the world could benefit from the technology and the development which i mean what a good company just showed that they were actually mm-hmm. there genuinely for the people uh, mercedes-benz did a lot of the autonomy in the early days mm-hmm. um but did they do it as well as volvo did they do it as well as volvo ended up doing it my 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 recollection of that history is a little sketchy. I think Volvo were later adopters of it, um, mm. possibly second or third adopters of that type of thing. But, um, you know, so, <laughs> these fantastic video clips of Mercedes-Benz getting it wrong with the yeah. auto braking and the likes. Yeah. Um, so I think they were one of the first to sort of start polishing it and getting it out into more consumer-level vehicles rather mm. than just the, like the high-end S-classes and the likes. Yeah. Yes, that's probably that's probably why it was so uh, so well known is because uh, is because Mercedes put it into the high end cars, whereas Volvo literally put it into. It was accessible. Cars. Yeah, it was accessible. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and Volvo has been touted or uh, had the reputation of being the safest car in the world until Tesla, right? Yeah, for the most part, um, statistically speaking, that's been the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's something to what you're talking about now. I think one thing that Mercedes did was. It was more driver aids for pleasure or for leisure, um, whereas Volvo, it was for safety. For safety. So it was safety aids. Um, that you. kind of Well, dri- driver aids for convenience and, and comfort, I'm su- yeah. I, I suppose, is what you mean, versus yeah. Volvo being for safety, for safety reasons. Exactly. So, Chad, the XC40. I mean, I love the XC90, one car of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, XC60 yes. was in the runnings at one point as well. Uh, XC40, I don't think it's ever been a contender, but, uh, but still, if it's a, if it's a baby version of the XC90, I'm pretty sure you, you're going to tell us that you were suitably com- uh, impressed. What, you know, what are your driving impressions of this car? All, all very much, um, along the similar lines as the, as the XC90, XC60, um, they've, they've, they've got this recipe that they, they work with and it works really well. Uh, and they just sort of throw it in the copy machine and just sort of scale it down. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And yeah, until it's, uh, until it's at about like 60% and they say, okay, great. That's the XC40. So besides size, what's not in this XC40 that's in the XC90? Um, well, I mean, yeah, it's definitely space. Um, there's, considerably more power output from the XC90, but it's also it's carting a lot more weight. Yeah. Uh, the XC40 still has a, 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 an extremely high array of safety systems and convenience features. Mm. That means that you don't really need to worry too much. It's one of those things that Volvo ensures that they inject into virtually each and every model, um, whether it's an entry level or you know the high-end XC90 or S90 sedan. So they don't stuff the, around with uh, some of the earlier models will some some of the lower models won't have like the full complement, mm. but they will definitely have the the core basics, which 
still, you know, by general car standards is a lot higher than some other vehicles, especially when you compare apples for apples, entry level versus entry level. So what was your impression of this car? Suitably impressed or were there things that uh, fell short? I've always enjoyed the Volvo XC40. Um, of course, this is just a model introduction into the range. Mm. It's not a full new range. It's not a facelift, anything of the sorts. What they've done is they they had the T3 and the T5. So 1.5 liter engine and a two liter engine, high power two liter engine. And they've introduced the T4 now as a bit of a middle child. Um, so it's got the two liter engine, but it doesn't make as much power. It only makes 140 kilowatts, 300 newton meters as opposed to the 185 and 350 newtons of the T5. So it's one of those vehicles that uh, it's a bit of a polyfiller polyfiller vehicle, just sort of bolstering Mm. their range. They obviously saw that there was a little bit of a gap Mm. for a little more power, um, that certain models from their competitors were selling, you know, respectably well, and that they wanted to capitalize on that segment of the market. I do enjoy driving it. I find it, while it's got, George, I love vehicles that have got character, mm-hmm. um, and I despise those that don't. So if you had to sit there and say, oh, I'm going to lambast them for it, but something like an Audi for me just lacks I, character. I thought you um, were going to mention the BMW X6. No, no, no. No, no BMWs. <laughs> BMWs are always… Uh, but carry on. <laughs> no, no, no. No, one day I can't agree with you there <laughs> For um, another episode. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the Volvo has a character, but it's not a character that I'm overly f- fond of. I don't mind it, um, but it's not one of those sort of characters that attracts me. I like certain aspects of it, mm. but would I put one in my driveway? Um, I could, but I think that I'd, my money would probably be better spent elsewhere. And when you talk about elsewhere, where is elsewhere? Um, what are the competitors for the XC40? So the competitors for the XC40 are the BMW um, X1. X1? Uh, no, not the X3. No, no, okay. no, no, no okay. X1. So this is considerably enough. smaller than… than X3. This is a crossover, yeah. Wow, okay, okay. Now, now I mean, the pictures uh, uh, in my head are different mm. for this car. Slightly different because yeah. you, you just compared it to so the X1. That, that's one of the things. It's, one thinks it as being a rather large vehicle. Um, because it has the design and the proportions of the XC90, which we know to be a large or at least a mid-size SUV. Well, even um, the 60 is the, large, right? Standing. A 60 is, believe it or not, is also listed as a crossover. You know, it's like a compact, um, a compact SUV crossover, um, mm. whereas the XC40 is deemed to be a, a crossover. You know, it's based on a, on a small hatchback, yeah. or at least the proportions of a small hatchback. Um, and it's got the same sort of design and proportions as the XC90. So when you look at it, you think, okay, well, this is a fairly large car. And then you get up to it and you realize, wait, you're actually pretty small. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, pictures make it look big. Yeah, that's true. That's it. Yeah. That's true. So who's, the who would be kind of wanting to buy this vehicle? Who, who's Volvo sort of targeting here? If I'm in the market, um, what sort Family, of consumer would be looking for this? Sensible money. Mm. Um, somebody that is definitely prioritizing safety over outright power. Um, uh, we mentioned earlier before the show started about the, the P8, uh, and my apologies there, they're, they're labeling it the twin, which has always been for their twin engine arrangement, which has been a hybrid. But the, yeah. the P8 twin is, is a twin electric motor, yeah. uh, full battery electric. And uh, that one's rather pricey, but um, this would definitely be for the sensible individual, uh, somebody that likes the Scandinavian approach to design and execution. Um, it really is a stylish vehicle. Um, it's 
probably going to be about the safety. I really can't sing the praises of a Volvo XC40 safety anymore, any higher. Well, it, it, it looks like the, the XC40 win, one win, one that, what's wrong with my words today? It's like, they're like, fell out. <laughs> you can try um, it many times. It's we'll like, you, you weren't here just now, Jay, but I was like fumbling over my words like you can't believe. But anyway, um, uh, the XC40 won the 2018 European car of the word, car of the, car, you see. <laughs> What's wrong with me? One more time. One more time. <laughs> XC40 won the 2018 European Car of the Year. Yeah, there's, there's certainly def- – I mean, the European mindset is a little different to the South African one. South Africa is very brand-biased, uh, badge-orientated. And as such, you know, we, we gravitate towards the status brands. Um, and that's not to say that Volvo can't compete with them. In fact, it competes with them directly and head-to-head. Mm. Um, there's just not the same status and they're not the same presence – Um, of the mark available locally. And that tends to sort of push the South African customer away. I really suggest that if they are in the market for something like a Q3, an X1, a mini countryman, um, uh, even Lexus UX uh, plays in that field, Mm. uh, go and drive the Volvo, give it a bit of a chance. I think it's the the lack of dealer footprint, which isn't bad, but it's just not as extensive as the likes of Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes-Benz GLA is in there as well. So it really Mm. is. It's Mm. small entry level. Um, Go and test drive it. Go and see what it's about because you may be pleasantly surprised. They do some do it in a rather different way. They're not as quirky as, let's say, Peugeot or Citroën, but they the, the, the execution is fantastic and the build quality is phenomenal. So, I mean, uh, Volvo and 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 you know we we we're getting to the end of the the segment, but uh, Volvo, it's it's a Swedish company. Mm. So, you know, when I think Swedish company, I think Swiss watches. I'm looking at Wendy's watch, which is a Fossil. It's a fossil, yeah. Um, not sure if that's made in Switzerland, but uh, but you think when you think Swedish product, you think Swiss, you think the Swiss knife, you think yeah. quality, you know, very uh, for the purpose. And uh, yes, very. Refined. But then reading about Volvo, it was actually a bus and truck manufacturer first before it was a car manufacturer. So now you think, okay, rugged, and now they produce X40, 60, and 90. Now you can see so where the same with a lot of same with a lot of manufacturers, really. Um, Tata used to make trains. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, BMW did planes. So Rolls Royce as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so very, very interesting. So Chad, very lastly, your uh, your score out of ten for the Volvo XC40 2021. Um, yeah, it doesn't particularly fall short, but just that that lack of real desirability and appeal means that I'm going to score it an eight. An eight's not a bad score, actually. Um, not by last standards, no. No, no, that's actually a pretty good score. I mean, really, the only it cars... It is a very good vehicle. The only cars that have beaten it are the Toyota Hilux, the Mercedes-Benz AMG A-Class, the Land Rover Defender, and the Suzuki Vitara. Those are the only cars that have beaten an eight. Uh, it seems to sit with, uh, you know, we can't, you know, choose... Uh, are, there, are there any other crossover-type vehicles in the eights? Tiguan, would the Tiguan count yeah, as, a, I guess. as a competitor? Not really. Yeah. Uh, Tiguan, I think, uh, Tiguan is a little larger, I believe. Um, I think this is going to be a more along the lines of T Rock. Okay. Yes. okay. Um, but it's the, the VW isn't positioning those models now at the same sort of premium clientele. So there's a rather large price and equipment um, difference between the two of them. Um, Speaking it, of price, what is the price of this? Uh, we're looking at just shy of 730,000 Rand for the R design model, which is the top of the range. Of course, you can get them in momentum, inscription, 
and um, R design. Uh, our test model was an R design at seven seven twenty eight seven hundred. Very interesting. Um, well, thanks very much, Chad Lakoff. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, our expert journalist, Chad Lakoff. If you want to go and uh, view uh, Chad's other uh, review, Chad's other reviews, hmm. uh, go and st- uh, have a look at Chad's other reviews on our platform, autotrader.co.za. Go to the news and review section, and you will see everything that Chad has an opinion on. And uh, as I mentioned earlier on, I think he's uh, one of South Africa's top motoring journalists. Okay. So go and have a look, um, uh, and uh, and then make up your own mind. Chad has an opinion. Throw your opinion into that. So throw yeah. our opinion into that, and then uh, and then you can you can decide for yourself. Uh, do you want to drive a Volvo XC40? I, I love them. Um, never owned one, but uh, but have driven a few. So thank you very much, Chad, and uh, we'll see you next time. Lovely. Thank you very much, guys. You guys have a great show. All right. Well, um, that was Chad Lakoff, our expert journalist, uh, reviewing the Volvo XC40 2021. Uh, what do you think, Wendy? It's a, what three quarters of a million. Um, if you go the full million, you could get the P8 recharge, the fully electric version. So that's my only issue with this car. I absolutely love it. I think it's stunning, and I think eight, you know, is right for it. But if you do have that money, why not just go all the way and get the the fully electric and be, you know, off the yeah, completely. You know, I'm not going to disagree with that, right? <laughs> I was baiting you. I was baiting you to say yes. You're right, Wendy. <laughs> absolutely. So uh, at 300 kilowatts. Of- Power in the zero to hundred in four point nine seconds. Who would not want the Volvo P eight XC forty? Beautiful car. Anyway, yeah. but uh, that was uh, that was the XC forty twenty twenty one ICE edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and now uh, everyday people send auto trader motoring related questions, all things car buying and selling. And Wendy and I will now attempt to answer three of the burning questions from our Ask Auto Trader platform. What's the first question, Wendy? First question comes from Titina, who's asked: I have car scraps of a Hyundai Elantra two thousand seven. With an undamaged engine, and I want to sell it. Um, how much could I get for it? So this was a written off 2007 Elantra, but they just want to sell off the, the you know, the parts. Well, um, Titina, if you want to sell the entire vehicle, you're not going to get very much for it. Mm. Um, nobody's going to pay you for the entire vehicle. Uh, your best bet is to dismantle it and sell the parts individually. That's the that's the, you're going to get the best value for the for the parts in that way. Can't tell you what that will be. It depends mm. on what's damaged and what's not, and uh, you're going to have to. You're going to have to be like, uh, you know, scrapyards do, because that's why scrapyards are in business. They'll yeah. buy an entire wreck, which they won't pay it's very much cheaper. for. Yeah. They'll dismantle it, and then they'll sell the parts individually. So uh, so that's your best bet, Tatina. Next question. Next question is from Linda, who's asked, can I use a computer box from a Ford uh, Focus 2-liter petrol on my new Ford diesel 2-liter? Uh, so it's same sort of engine capacity, but one's petrol, one's uh Diesel. Hell to the no, Lindo. No, you can't. Okay. Uh, Diesel TDCI versus a Focus 2 liter petrol. um, Very different things that the computer is telling the engine to do. A very different engine mapping. Um, uh, For instance, the Ford Focus 2 liter petrol will have fuel injectors. Okay. The Ford Focus TDCI will have glow plugs. Okay. Okay, there's a very big difference between uh, uh, spark plugs, should I say, on the Focus 2 liter and glow plugs on the uh, TDCI. Um, and uh, and you can't take a engine mapping for a glow plug, as yeah. an example, and tell a spark plug what to do. Could it's, you remap the computer to, to work on… Remember, these things have code inside. Somebody's mm. written the code. So, yeah, if you, if you know how to recode, maybe you could. But then you've got to break it. Uh, you've got to break into it. Yeah. Uh, you've got to get to the source code of the computer box. 
It's too much work. Just buy a Ford Focus 2 liter computer box. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, or should I say Ford Focus TVCI computer box? So, so the answer is unfortunately you can't, um, Lindo. Next question. Noted. Next on the last question is from DG who's asked, what is this 15 inch wheel for? Well, you sent me this picture, Wendy, and, um, this is like a cryptic thing, and I think it's going to be like, which wheel, which, which, where does this come from? And put the wheel on the car. I mean, we'll put this on social media, but um, this looks for me. It, it looks like a, for me, it looks like a, a trailer wheel. Yeah, maybe a caravan wheel. Yeah, something uh, something really small. Cause... It's going to haunt me. Well, it's fifteen inches, so it's big. Okay, but it's I mean, got those... five. It's got five five studs. Mm, but so... they look like really small studs, though. No, 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 no. I think it's deceptive. Yeah? I think it's deceptive. It's got five studs. This is a riddle. It's a riddle, and I, I don't know. It's Maybe the people question. on social media will be able to. But this is like sending, you know, solution. sending sending us a picture of your hand and asking us which human <laughs> the hand belongs to. It's, this is yeah. a needle in a haystack. Yeah. Um, I'm sure someone will be able to locate it, though. Well, let's put it on social media. See if uh, – we'll ask the team to put it on social media. See, see if anybody uh, knows where this wheel belongs. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then we'll post an answer for you, DG. Um, don't know. But that's the end of the show, Wendy. When is Hamilton driving again? This weekend. Ah, oh, which, weekend ra- which track is it? Turkey. Yeah. Lovely. All right. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Really nice to have uh, been in the studio f- with you again, Wendy. And uh, we will see you next time. Sounds good.